Welcome to the sixth episode of the Then and Now Blading YouTube channel interview series and podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Kevin Little. Kevin Little is from San Angelo, Texas. He's the owner of Sick Urethane. He's the editor of BMAG, and he started a Donate and Skate series. He also helped run the Texas Skate Series for many years. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already, and hit the bell icon to be notified of all new uploads. Make sure to follow me on social media. I have all links below. I'll have all links to Kevin's social media and BMAG, Sick Apparel, Urethane below as well. So we're going to get started with an interview. Kevin, it's great to see you. I haven't seen you in several years in person. Good to talk to you, man. I'm honored to be here. Well, so thanks for being willing to join this show. Um, I want to start out. So we're both from Texas and you've been skating for a very long time since the 90s and you're from san angelo texas and san angelo is not like most other cities in texas as far as skate scenes go it's a medium-sized city it's pretty far removed from austin houston and dallas which are kind of hubs and how did you get into skating in san angelo and how have you stuck through it all these years being i assume there's not a lot of skaters there no no it's true uh, well, I started out probably in the 94, 95, and probably, I would say like seventh grade is when I started. Um, just had friends that had started skating, and uh, I'd seen some of them. They had been talking about like little things they were doing. You know, we had done recreational skating, like jumping crates and you know just making our own little box jumps and stuff like that, but uh, they started modifying their skates and started uh, calling it like rail slides and stuff. That was kind of like whenever, you know, uh, the first early hoax videos and stuff like that had come out and, uh, you know, blading was suddenly starting to like kind of blossom. And that's kind of when we got our start. And there was a pretty big scene in St. Angelo at one point um, back in the early heyday. But uh, from my friend Chris Savala had kind of put me on to it and he was one of my good friends and he kind of just got all of our crew into skating and uh it just kind of went from there you know some people had stopped over the years um and i'm the kind of the last of the mohicans as far as like the blade scene but uh, luckily i got a good friend here matthew bright that skates with me he moved up here from detroit several years ago probably four years ago and uh he's a beast he's a helped me progress a lot as far as uh, coming out and skating with me all the time. And he's always down and, you know, I don't have a big scene here. There's probably a good handful of skaters, but no one really skates that often besides me, him and a couple of other guys. So. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing for years that you were putting out a lot of sections where you had to film yourself skating. Yeah. Like tripod edits because there just wasn't a scene besides you. Right. And I still do it. I still love skating by myself. I mean, I still skate. Hell, I skated today by myself, you know, uh, for like an hour or so before I jumped on this. So it's just what I do. I'm so used to it. I've been skating for so long and it's just, I I have my little, my schedule, my blade schedule, like certain days I frequent and I skate the most and uh, I've just kind of stuck with it through the years. I just love it. And I just, I make the time to do it regularly to say keeps my uh mental well-being good and you know physically i feel good you know despite my aches and pains that come with it but it's just part of my routine i love skating so much and i'm so immersed in it now it's it's hard not to still you know 
go out and skate even though there's not many people to skate with other than my friend matt and stuff but do you remember the first time you left san angelo to go skate someplace else in texas and where did you Uh, go i do i actually do we had went to this town called big spring and it's a it's an awesome city and there's a cool story behind it because um we had kind of through blading folklore uh we had heard obviously a champion my friend brett he was like his second cousin or something like that we had heard about champion and he had basically had shot a bunch of his early videos in this town called big spring which is an hour north of us and uh it was in a bunch of old video grooves it was in a bunch of uh like dyna videos and the usd coup d'etat and uh we had basically heard about these spots in the early i think bg5 we're like oh someone had told us about this spot in big spring and that's where these rails were so we're like oh shit an hour away we're going so uh we went there and we saw all these spots and there was even a little video grew thicker on one of the rails at this one auditorium with this famous rail in big spring and it was just like a we're a little blade tourists and shit. it was hilarious uh just seeing these spots being like oh a champion did a back unity on this rail and I don't know we're just kind of goofy little grommets and shit but uh it was cool that was my first first blade trip where we went out of town me and my best friend chris chris spencer uh drove his old freaking car up there pretty much just me and him and uh chris in his heyday was a badass so he just uh we killed all these spots and or skated them as best we could because yeah it was a bunch of burly spots so we can see why champion went down there and filmed a lot because it was it's in a valley, so everything's really um, kind of epic and big and big gnarly rails. And you can see like some of the stuff he did. And I don't know if people don't give Champion Bomb similar enough credit. The stuff he had did at this city is like stuff of legend. I mean, I can't describe how gnarly the guy was in his heyday. That's really cool. I actually have never been to Big Spring. Did you ever yeah. skate with Champion back then? Uh, back then, no, I had, by the time, um, I had kind of got around to traveling a lot. He had already kind of quit. He had been kind of, um, semi-retired and I'd kind of sought him out, um, trying to, you know, get a hold of him and stuff. We had similar friends and acquaintances and I ended up getting in contact with him years, years ago, probably like 10 years plus. And, uh, he had just started skating again. I was looking for people to skate with and I was like you know what I'll come up there like um I went up there and talked to him and he was still skating his old Cyruses and shit and uh we basically had kicked it off and he was this very cool very modest guy and um this was years after you know he had taken probably a three to four year hiatus and came back into skating and uh I went up there to Odessa several times and skated with him and once he kind of came back I mean he was still at his, I don't want to say his peak, but he was still very uh, formidable on skates. Let's just say that he was doing like 360 sweat stances on his first day back in like his old ass Cyruses. And I was just like, as like a little kid, you know, it's, I'm just like in my head, I'm like, don't grom the fuck out too hard, <laughs> you know, but it's like <laughs> one thing your childhood idol kill it after not skating for years. I was just like, uh, it was one of those, yeah awesome moments and i got to know champion pretty good after that so it was it was really cool that's really cool that's he's definitely a legend in the sport so you spent you've been skating for you know 25 
ish years in Texas, and you've probably skated with every Texas skater that's been around. Who are some of your favorite skaters to skate with throughout the years? I would say um, the first person I ever met from out of town, and I have to uh, say it was the coolest person, one of the coolest people, and one of the best styles. First person I ever met from out of town was Case Rushing. Okay. Did, his grandmother lived in uh, San Angelo. He had visited, and I met him probably in 97, maybe 96. And even back then, Case was just <laughs> incredible. His style's always been good, if people ever question it. If people are like, oh, his style's just been good now. I'm like, no, he's been good for a long time. So Chase is one of my favorite skaters of all time. Uh, obviously, Andrew Broom is one of the best, uh, one of my good friends. Uh, some of my favorite people. Jason Zwax, one of my biggest influences. He doesn't get nearly enough credit in his heyday. He was one of the best. I could go on and on. Jason Howard, um, God, Mick Castles, fucking Anthony Medina. I mean, but honestly, like uh, one of my favorites uh, from Texas, John Sullivan. Mm, he's Sullivan's amazing. Uh, he's amazing. Always has been. Great guy. Huge inspiration. And I mean, you what can more can you say about the guy? He's done pretty much everything like you could name. He won the first street contest in Texas, like the boot for loot, and he's still killing it. Like. He doesn't age. I swear he's like a vampire. Like he doesn't, <laughs> like he never loses it. He just gets better and better. So, yeah, he um, is a very talented skater and he looks the same. It's like he said, he, he doesn't age. Same. You know, he hasn't aged in skating or appearance. Right, right. I wish I could like hold up as well as, as Sully does. So, yeah. So, well, maybe they got, they got better, better water in Dallas. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, they're drinking <laughs> Avion or something, maybe. So your brand, Sick Urethane. So it was cool. originally it was Sick Apparel. You were doing t-shirts. Yeah. When did Indeed. you start it? Why did you start it? And when did you transition to a wheel brand? Um, it's a good story. Um, Sick had originally started out, I probably started out uh, in 2000. And well, maybe even before that, because me and my best friend, Chris Spencer, we'd always been kind of making our own designs and stuff like drawing on, um, you know, making our own decals and stuff. Like we always kind of emulated like what Senate and Medium and um, some of the earlier blading companies were doing. And we wanted to make our own brand. And we just kind of came up with Sick. And it basically, we started making Sick clothes and started making like our own little designs and stuff. and it kind of just went from there just organically. We started making our own and going to different contests and selling them. And it suddenly we made like a little team of skaters that represented it. And we just kind of kept going and growing from there. And we've been making all kinds of apparel for years. And we had basically gotten to around, God, I don't even know what year it was, but we had had a, um, like a dispute like a copyright dispute from another company of basically saying that they were trying to more or less dispute the name of thick apparel that they had a similar name and we already had ours registered copywritten and everything um but it was the way they spelled theirs in brackets and all this and it was a kind of a conflict in basically their line and our line so we had basically instead of going to like court and having this big long like battle over like the name of it they basically bought the name for me so they you know basically paid me for the like apparel name 
and this was kind of good because it was already around the time I was like wanting to get away from clothing and work into something else, like as far as like hard goods and working on doing something. And that was just kind of the catalyst to making thick urethane because um, we wanted to make wheels at some point. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of just the perfect, you know, kind of push to do it. So I was like, you know what? Screw these people. I mean, I'll gladly take your money and we'll just start our own wheel company. And uh, that's where it started. You know, we made our first wheel with Josh Glowicky, um, our first little glow in the dark wheel we made. Uh, it was our first kind of jump into the urethane side of business. And it's been, you know, rolling since then for probably seven or eight years now. So yeah, I've seen it. Awesome. The, the, your recent wheels have sold out pretty fast. Um, Super when you get them yeah. in and one thing i noticed about your your wheel company compared to you know other ones is you usually just do one wheel at a time instead of actually coming out with like a line you know right. of the whole team is there what's the, is there a reason for that or yeah basically i mean we're a small brand you know we're not a very large brand you know we don't have a huge you know financial backing and that's just honestly the reasoning behind it um we've just kind of designed basically sold the wheels as we go you know, I wish we had the you know luxury to make multiple wheels at a time, but you know we're kind of a smaller brand, and you know we've wanted to really believe me. We wish we could release more wheels at a time, you know, but we kind of just take it at the pace we can. And even now, it's even more difficult making wheels, considering like the production time to make wheels these days is just ridiculous. So you're getting your wheels made in in Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going through. Uh, a and which is uh, the same company that like Undercover uh, uses. So and they still have a long lead time there. It's insane. You know, they went from what used to take us, say, two months to get wheels made to now taking like damn near like 11 months, like 10 months or 11 months, which is ridiculous. So, I mean, we're trying to figure out other options because that's not really sustainable. You know, when you're trying to like get wheels made in a timely manner and you have customers that are demanding it and team to support all that. So it's difficult, you know, and, you know, we're thinking about other things, you know, on top of wheels and, you know, eventually I want to start making other things besides just wheels and helmets is one of the things I'm eventually going to, you know, dip my toes into at some point or. That's a great, great thing to make. Very important these days. All Indeed. of us old bladers need to protect our brains. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I had a traumatic brain injury years ago, and it kind of, uh, you know, provoked me to, you know, start wearing a helmet. And ever since then, I've been really passionate about it. So I want to get into that at some point. You know, I've kind of looked into it and what the requirements would be. I mean, there's lots of, you know, legal guidelines, things you right. have to you know, follow to do to make helmets. You can't just, you know, slap a, you know, logo on a helmet. I, I wouldn't I'm sure you could but you know I won't don't want someone's life to be you know uh in jeopardy over a product that I have so I want to make it good and quality and uh you know do it to the best of my abilities so yeah that's the way I want to do it so so yeah I'm excited to see more from sick in the future you know yeah um, hopefully it seems like you have good things yeah. going mm-hmm we got a new Luke Naylor wheel in the in the mix right now, so that's in production. So we should see that hopefully soon. So as soon as they can get it to us. So low production times, but we're working on that. And we got a Jimmy Sizz wheel coming soon. And yeah, hoping to get as many wheels released next year as we can. 
What about a team video? Anything in the works? Yes, we want to, we want to make a team video, so we're working on that now. We're getting the guys to kind of push some some footage towards us, and we were talking about getting everyone together and just maybe going out somewhere, you know, not the typical skate lo locale for a team video, maybe something, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think something differently. I'd big love spring. to get some money. Big spring, yeah, something like that, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I don't know. I think it'd be fun to get the guys out. A, you know big collaborative effort with everyone together and you know make it something because it's been a long time coming we definitely need to get something in the work so well, when's the last time you made a sick video 10 years i mean we the last video we made was classic um before we even made wheels we've never had an official team video which is we've had multiple times we've been working on some and then we had tried to talk to one videographer to type a to try to helm it but it didn't fall through or work out the way we wanted. So I'd really need to maybe just take it on my, my own and, you know, just do it to get it, you know, get something in the works. So right. yeah, I finally have all the video equipment to support it. So I'm looking forward to, you know, putting all that stuff to work soon and getting the guys out on the road. And well, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. So finally, I got the freaking mega deal of cameras so like my friend basically had kind of come up on hard times and sold me two like a whole camcorder and a mirrorless camera and then a ton of lenses and accessories for like six hundred dollars like i can't explain like how excited i was i was like i felt like i hit a gold mine so yeah you'll be seeing I, a lot I more saw the photo yeah you saw it yeah you okay. saw the breaking of this stuff so i mean it's ridiculous so yeah, shout out my friend Lance Kaiser for the incredible deal on that. So, yeah, you're going to help, you know, sustain the next thick urethane video and ongoing DMAG videos and stuff. So, yeah. I want to move on to talking about competitions. You hosted and helped host several contests in Texas over the years. You know, when I moved back to Texas in 2012, there was Texas Skate Series was going on for a couple of years. Yeah. And Will Kennedy started, and then he sort of took the, the, the leadership on it, organized them. And at one point, they were like in every city in Texas, pretty much. How was that? How was organizing that event? How did it go? And why did it end? Well, it was incredible. Um, TSS, you know, at its um, heyday while we were organizing it, it was incredible, you know, being able to, you know, make a good schedule and having so much energy as far as the blade scene going. And uh, it made a great uh, connection for all the skaters within Texas to, you know, stay motivated and to travel. And, you know, it was great for its time. And it still can happen. Um, there's lots of things going on that have kind of prevented it from uh, being more successful there towards the end, uh, or the last time we've kind of been running, I think in 2018, uh, we just had a bad string of luck where it was like an entire season. It was like three of the five contests had either gotten rained out or something had happened to where we were unable to do it. And um, it just kind of got frustrating. I'll be honest. I kind of got, because um, you put so much work into getting the contest going and to get sponsors and to go down and find all the spots. It just kind of got, uh, a little bit overwhelming, you know, once I started taking over additional responsibilities, you know, I'm a father, I got two kids um, and a wife at home and 
you know, traveling so often and then not just traveling and going to the contest, but you have to go down and organize all the contests and find all the spots and make sure that they will work. And, you know, you won't run in any type of, you know, pushback from the law or, you know, whatever variables you have to run into when you're organizing street contests. Uh, it's, it's a lot of stress, you know, and it's hard to do, especially where I'm at, you know, in San Angelo, I'm about four hours away from the, you know, closest city like Austin or Dallas. And it's just incredibly difficult to try to organize them, but we're trying to make it happen again next year. We were going to do it uh, this November, but we ran into several different contests that kind of um, would be conflicting for us. So, but me and Ray Stoto were working to try to bring it back and get at least one good hurrah, you know, a year, one good street contest. Um, so we can kind of keep that TSS, you know, legacy alive. Yeah, that'd be great to see that again. I remember I went to several of those contests over that period, but the most memorable one for me was in Austin, where we ended up at Barton Creek afterwards, jumping off the cliffs oh, and swimming. That was, that was awesome. amazing. Yeah. And it's, and it's so great, you know, it's like, and that's what I miss the most is um, just seeing all of our friends together, you know, it's like the contests are great and the skating gets pushed to such a high level and that's amazing, but also it keeps us connected so much more. And, you know, like even just being at the Blade Classic last weekend, um, it just reminded me of all the things that I missed so much. And, uh, you know, with the pandemic, it definitely hit home more like how valuable our brother brotherhood is and uh, how tight-knit our community is and you know it's something I miss and that makes me want to you know get the TSS going even more and get the donate and skates going more and um, you know bring that back you know because there's a lot of people that were you know clamoring for it you know there's still a vibrant scene in Texas and uh, we definitely need to tap into it you know we've kind of lost our way you know the last you know year or so but you know lots of things going on but we definitely need to bring it back so I missed it for sure. Well, another event you've been doing is the Donate and Skate, which yeah. when did you start it? And what is what was your reason for starting it? And what is it exactly? Well, uh, Donate and Skate, we started um, probably the competitive series was about 2012, I would say. Um, so it's been almost damn near 10 years now. So the idea behind it, uh, Stefan Brando was initially the guy that kind of started Donate and Skate. And from him, I saw what he was doing as far as, you know, taking old used skates and skate parts and then, you know, giving them to kids. And, you know, I just had this idea that, you know, we could do this in a competitive way to where people donate used skates or skate parts as entry fees. And then it would also show, you know, we'll assemble all the parts and get those donated to kids. And then also while that it's still fresh on their memory, you know, show them, you know, some of the best skating we have to offer in like a competitive way. So it's like, you know, we can do two different things. So um, basically we can, you know, give the skates to kids, but then also educate them on things like how to skate. You know, you're, you, we can have instructors there teaching them the basics of skating, you know, the fundamentals of skating. And then also having a contest to kind of, you know, pique their interest. Um, it's incredible seeing, you know, people, uh, brand new eyes, you know, coming into skating, you know, trying out skates for the first time. And then also seeing someone like, 
Andrew Broom flying through the park, you know, lacing something just incredible. And uh, it's just a great contest series. And, you know, I've tried to work on getting it to kind of branch out into other areas, you know, outside of Texas. And it's, you know, grown pretty, you know, far as uh, other cities kind of taking up on it and doing their own thing. And I would love to see it grow even further and other see other people do it as well. Um, like Alan Clark's done some up in like the Pacific Northwest and several people out in California have done some and uh, even in New York City, people have done a few. And it's just great to see, you know, I think blading would definitely benefit from having more people kind of taking uh, similar, you know, that kind of outline as far as skating and using that to get more people started. You know, it's yeah. a great tool to, you know, kind of start the scene up. You know, we've seen so much um, growth from it over the years as far as new blood coming into the scene. Um, you know, you give a pair of skates to a kid brand new, um, you know, for nothing and then showing them skating at a high level. Uh, you know, it definitely gets people's interest for sure. So I think yeah. it would be very beneficial uh, to team up with Skate IA because, you know, Skate IA has skate park instructor certification now. So if you had yeah. skate park instructors at those events actually showing the kids how to use the skates when you give them to them. Right. And watch the people, you know, so it could tie yeah. it in with that. And they do a lot of events. So maybe you guys could piggyback on each other. Yeah, definitely. I don't consider that before, but it just came to my oh, head. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, my, my dad even kind of like brought that up to me, you know, as far as, you know, becoming more legitimate with it and taking it, you know, kind of to a different level you know, because he was like, you know, if you're going to do this, you need to do it, you know, to the best of your abilities, you know, becoming certified, you know, and working with the skate IA and getting, you know, real certification. You know, I've been doing, uh, you know, classes for skating, but doing it, um, you know, with, you know, legitimate instruction and, you know, background in it is totally different. So, right. um, you know, making it more legitimate and, uh, you know, having other things, you know, and that's what's always kind of worried me as far as legalities behind donating skate. Like, oh, what if I put a pair of skates together out of you skate parks and the kid hurts themselves? Like, am I going to get sued by his parents being like, oh, you gave my son a shoddy pair of skates and now he's, you know, on life support or something. I mean, that seems like the most extreme, um, you know, possibility, but still you know i've always kind of had that yeah, i mean liability is a big you know it's a, america it's a big issue you it is for anything yeah and that's what's kind of like made me apprehensive you know at certain points as far as doing the donating skates i mean i'll still do it you know it's like i'm going to take that risk but i always have that in the back of my mind as far as uh what could possibly happen you right know? you know you never know you know it's, i would hope that someone wouldn't necessarily hold me liable but you know sometimes having the best of intentions doesn't necessarily you know prevent you from having stuff happen to you so yeah well that's count your blessings nothing's happened yet yeah hopefully that continues my stream of good luck so we'll see yeah but. donating skates very a very cool thing i all thought it was a rad thing you've done with it and i've been very impressed we like to turn out i went to a couple of those events it was just fun to see those kids you know the looks in their faces rolling around on skates for the first time it's definitely one of the like uh, crowning, not crowning achievements, but the feeling that I get from seeing, you know, kids coming up and, um, you know, that brand new happy feeling of skating, you know, it's something that you can't really describe and just seeing, 
their look on their face when they're getting a skate. If they can build literally like they see some of the parts that they have and they can just kind of sit there and build their own skate and make their own, you know, like um, skate from all the parts that we have. I mean, there's like a kid in a candy store, you know, like going through all the stuff they have and then they're just, they get it for free. And then, you know, we try to come up with different ways to keep them um, in the know as far as skating. You know, I've made a little uh, donate and skate like comics to where it kind of gave them like, you know, how to stay in, you know, contact with the local skate scene, uh, giving them like the fundamentals of what a skate is, like breaking down what the parts are and ways to still stay engaged within the community. So um, just giving them skates is one thing, but keeping them skating is the next battle. So how do you reach out to them and stay in contact with them? You know, like finding social media pages and things that they can stay in contact with people, you know, in their area. So that's also a big part of it also, as far as, you know, you can give a kid a pair of skates, but I'm not trying to have these skates sit in someone's closet and not see any activity, you know? So you need to like stay in contact with these kids, follow up with them, be like, hey, what have you learned lately, you know? And um, that's part of it too. You have to kind of like stay engaged with some of these kids. And some of them, uh, I have friends now that have still stuck with that after all these years. And I gave them a pair of skates like dang, almost a decade ago. So some of them are still at it and some of them are still like, you know, a part of the community. And uh, that's just a great feeling, you know? So it's cool. Yeah, that's that's really rad. I'm super stoked to hear that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk to you now about BMAG. BMAG is one of the oldest aggressive inline skating magazines that's out there. You started in Europe by Michael Beyer. Yeah. Print magazine for a long time. Then it stopped doing print, and it was more online, and it was being run out of Berlin. And there was a big team of guys working on it, photographers. Then that ended, and it moved to the US for the first yeah. time ever. And it had an initial team working on it that's have kind of transitioned to you running it with Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Lebez, he's my right-hand man, a gruesome twosome. Uh, me and Jonathan Lebez, we just actually got uh, Sam Cooper just joined the staff actually recently as a contributing editor. So uh, shout out Coop, great guy. I'm getting to know him. Uh, you know, more and more. So good dude. But yeah, me for the most part, um, it's me and Jonathan kind of, you know, running it. You know, I am the editor in chief there. And, you know, Jonathan's our photo editor and design editor. And he handles a good portion of, you know, the Instagram and, you know, some of our uh, photo content. And while I'm kind of more in charge of the uh, main website and some of the other, you know, kind of day-to-day -day operations as far as like keeping the site going and stuff. So, but it's an incredible opportunity for me as far as, um, yeah, I've been a fan of BMAG since it started. You know, it's just like a small little website that was, um, I mean, now they're 25 years in. So it's incredible now being, you know, at the helm of something so historic. You know, it's one of the longest running, you know, media sources within blading and uh, me being at the, you know, the reins of it's pretty wild. So, yeah. yeah. And it didn't even start as a website. It started as an email magazine. That's true. Initially. That's true. So Thank you for the correction. Yeah. yeah it was so email magazine, email subscription out yeah. of Vienna, Austria. And so my question is, how did you become part of BMAG? 
It's How'd a that friend, happen? Yeah, it's a uh, kind of wild. I mean, it was more or less um, Ryan Lowy had decided to step down as far as editor in chief uh, probably three years ago, and when he basically had decided to step down, uh, you know, I kind of threw my hat in the mix as far as uh, possible, you know, people that would want to be, you know, his successor. And, you know, I had a good working relationship with Michael Baer um, over the years. He actually was one of the people I had spoken with. He was working with me as far as doing distribution for Securethane out in Europe um, through Swank Distribution um, through BMAG. Um, for several years, they were helping us do distribution out in Europe and helping us. And then in talking with Michael, I just kind of threw my hat into the ring as far as you know, wanting to possibly take over, you know, the direction and not even really wanting to assume, you know, uh, you know, full responsibility of the, you know, the magazine or site, but I just wanted to let them know. It's like, I would love to be involved uh, more in the magazine. If, you know, you're looking for someone to be, uh, you know, taking over or, you know, help in any way, you know, I would love to be able to do that. That was always my main one of my main goals and objectives was to, you know, eventually work to, you know, working more within the, you know, media side of blading and um, doing some of the things that I'm doing now is essentially what I wanted to kind of start with and do for so long. That was kind of my goal and, you know, one of my, uh, I don't want to say bucket list, but, you know, one of my aspirations, you know, kind of coming up was eventually, you know, working towards that. And when Michael kind of gave me this opportunity, I jumped at it. So it was a, you know, it's an incredible blessing and I can't really say how fortunate I am. And, you know, it's not something that I take for granted, you know, as far as uh, being in the position that I'm in, as far as, you know, helping skating and, you know, showing blading to the world. Um, it's not something I take lightly, it's something that I, I feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to do that and working with so many incredible skaters um, over the last few years has just been one of the you know greatest opportunities and uh i just love it it's great so well congratulations on that opportunity it's really cool that you're at the helm of that magazine you know a lot most skaters grew up with bmag um how much are you in contact with michael um you know fairly often um you know we kind of stay in contact with them for the most part he kind of just leaves uh me and jonathan to kind of um run it as we feel fit you know he's um, kind of has taken more of a backseat as far as other things going on. Um, and he kind of like leaves us to basically, you know, take the direction. And um, if we need him, we really kind of reach out to him. But as far as the direction, he's kind of is just kind of passed on, you know, the, the torch to us and said, you know, take it from here. And we've kind of ran with that baton as best we could. We've, you know, stumbled and dropped it a couple of times, but we're still running at it. So, uh, but it's a small operation. You know, people think that BMAG is this, you know, huge staff of people. And, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, me and Jonathan. So, yeah, I mean, we I mean, it's definitely as the smallest that it's been, you know, when it was in, yeah. in Europe, still even in Berlin, it, they just, it still had a big team, you know, right. and it's a lot exactly. more easier to do stuff when you have a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we're very fortunate that we have so many people helping us and contributing um, you know, footage and sending us links. And I can't say enough about all the, you know, awesome skaters that still, you know, submit to us. And 
um, reach out to us and share their content. Um, I feel bad sometimes that I just get so inundated with um, videos and content sent to us. I wish I had as much free time as I wanted to be able to share everything that I get. Um, you know, but there's, you know, it's me, I'm one man. And, you know, there's only so much we can do with the, you know, time that we have. I, I work a full-time job on top of this. Um, you know, so I basically give BMAG as much of my free time as I can, what little free time I got. Yeah. Well, I, I feel you on that. You know, I've been doing a lot of the web media magazine stuff for, you know, oh, yeah. on and off for a long time. Oh yeah. Uh, a long time. Yeah. So let me, let me say before we get any deeper into it, uh, you've been doing this shit for a long time and you've been one of my biggest inspirations as far as doing this. I mean, even from back from like, if y'all know about scum mag is one of my biggest, you know, inspirations. Um, you had really kind of like developed and helped me and as a lot of people like content creators, as far as, um, coming up with things over the years, you know, you've been very influential and not to, you know, break off from everything, but I just want to say thank you specifically because, you know, you've been so immersed in skating for so long and, um, you know, you've helped blading, you know, so much over the years as far as pushing skaters and being directly involved with, you know, development of skating on the media side, the product side, all that stuff, you know, so I just want to give you your flowers while I got you here, you know, so don't think well, it goes I appreciate on. it. I appreciate it very much. It's been, uh, it's been a passion project for 30, almost 30 years you know um yeah as you yeah. know you know it's a lot of uh it's not really a place to make money but it's like almost right. like volunteer work because you're volunteering yeah. to help the sport grow and i enjoy blading hey, and i enjoy the sport. Charity work. it sounds <laughs> terrible but it's well, it's a you know you know love you know it's all about what your passion is and you know this is a labor of love so you know i love doing it i love contributing to it and i love you know, working with like-minded people such as yourself and all the other people that, you know, contribute to BMAG and uh, help us, you know, maintain what we're doing and send us so much. And, uh, you know, we got lots of stuff in the works. We're actually working on another print mag, hopefully by next year. So fingers crossed, we're already got about, you know, several features nailed down as far as content. We're still working on that. So if this is my plea, if you want to be in the new BMAG print mag, reach out to me. Uh, so this is my plug. Hit me up. Submissions. Kevin.little at BMAG, b-mag.com. Send me some submissions. So we would love to have any photographers or content creators. Um, you know, if you want to be a part of it and submit anything, you know, my, you know, doors are wide open and I'd love to see what y'all have. We want to make this as big as we can and um, as diverse as we can so we want the community to help out with it and whatever we can as far as if you want to help give direction or videos or whatever it is if you have an idea and want to you know possibly be in the next print issue shoot it to me i'd love to hear your ideas great well i have a link below in the description to kevin's email address so you Do can it. message him uh, and that's Thank actually you. the question i was going to ask you about was the print issue because i saw jonathan posted that he was looking for a designer for either a book or magazine yeah and i know you guys did the fundraiser with the calendar so tune yeah. together that you guys are going to be doing another magazine and have you found a designer yet or are you still looking for that as well 
we have we've talked to several um i don't want to like say we've nailed anybody down specifically but we've talked to certain people that are have previous experience and you know layout um we've talked to several people i don't want to mention names jeremy Beadle, but you should do it uh um yeah lots of people we want to get involved with um that we would love to you know kind of continue on the previous BMAG legacy that have, you know, maybe contributed in the past, but then also work with some of the, you know, the newer crop of people that um, have been doing design work within the blading industry um, for the last few years. I'd love to get Stefan Brando involved in it. Um, hell, you, I mean, your designs are incredible. You know, there's so many people I would love to, you know, work with as far as um, getting them involved and, you know, getting some original illustrations going with it. And, continuing on you know this being a collaborative effort within the community as far as you know contributions to making this magazine i don't want it to just be you know a small you know select group of people i want the world to be involved just like i feel like that's the bmag legacy it's always been kind of an international representation of skating um at least for me and i think a lot of people kind of feel that way it's been always been kind of uh very diverse as far as going you know various skaters and communities throughout the world and i want to show that so i want to continue that so um yeah so submit, so submit some stuff to me please yeah i mean i like the i love the idea of the magazine i all thought that bmag should have a annual you know like a print annual print magazine like an annual at the yeah. end of the year um yeah. and you know a lot of videos now are coming out with books and there's kind of demand for print again i feel like um actual web media like what i'm doing with big world blading and bmag and you know blader union which stopped doing their website now has transitioned a little bit with time like more people want to get on youtube and do videos and look at magazines yeah. again so you know it's one reason i started this channel is i felt like i could reach more people through youtube now than on the on the website but i'm doing both so i have both angles because some people still you're going to say, but I feel like less people like to read online and they'd rather listen you yeah. know, than before. So it's just the times of change. And I think if you can cover all the bases with the website, the print, and I know you guys have a YouTube channel. I did yeah. see that there's an old YouTube channel for BMAG that somehow didn't get passed along. <laughs> it's been a hell trying to get the old BMAG login because there was an old BMAG youtube that we can't access it somehow got lost in this weird purgatory of previous bmag administrations where we can't access it we've tried to you know reach out to youtube to get access for it and after a while we just kind of gave up because there was just so many roadblocks as far as getting it and they wouldn't let us for some particular reason have access to the original BMAG. So we're like, you know what, just we're going to start over. So we basically did that, you know, I think last year we started, you know, just a brand new BMAG, you know, YouTube channel and we're starting to slowly get more original content, you know, towards that. So yeah, definitely hit a subscribe to us. You know, we would love to, you know, get some more subscribers on that channel because we're kind of starting brand new and, you know, from the very beginning as far as like our YouTube content which kind of stinks you know because there's so much vast um you know videos out there from our past and um 
it kind of sucked. We lost that, but still, it's out there. So, the we'll you know, the biggest out. problem I've had. One another reason I started this is finding contributors for the big wood blading has been very difficult. I mean, I get some people who do stuff, but it's not like the old days where you know you had paid contributors, right? You could, did work for BMAG or Daily Red, you got paid. So with people being older, it's, it's harder to find people willing to work for free. Um, yeah. So that's you know another reason I kind of went to this format because I was waiting for people to send stuff in that promised to send stuff in and then they never send stuff in. And right. it, after a while, you're just like, I'm wasting time just waiting. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. It's difficult. And I know it's, I believe me, I feel your pain. You know, it's like we get, you know, we start trying to, you know, create stories with people and, you know, you go through all the process as far as, you know, writing interviews for people and it never pans out or you work on something and um, it never gets released. And, it, you know, it's difficult sometimes. And you're right. You know, it's hard to leverage whenever you're not necessarily paying everybody. You know, luckily we have some you know, stipends of where we can contribute, you know, like some people get, you know, assistance as far as like main features and stuff like that. We try as best we can with what little budget we have, you know, to help out our contributors. But, you know, it's kind of, it's very difficult to hold people to, um, you know, helping provide content when it's for free, you know, and that's where bleeding's at, or blading is at, unfortunately, right now is um, where everyone's kind of working for free and it sucks, you know, it's like, and that's our goal is eventually, getting enough budget you know working with you know more of our um sponsors and attaining more revenue to where we can start helping more of the community helping more of the content creators and providers and um, funneling this all back to blading you know we're not trying to get rich we're trying to just help blading as much as we can we're all doing this you know out of the love and um you know none of us are getting paid so basically we do this because we love blading and we're invested in it and it's a part of who i am and um, a part of my character and i wouldn't you know give it up for anything so and i think a lot of skaters um within the community now is it's special because everyone that's involved in it right now is in it usually for the right reason so it kind of funneled out all the bullshit and now we're back to a place to where it's kind of the uh, creme de la creme you know it's like the people that are in it for the right reason so you know we're fortunate that we have you know so many like-minded dedicated people um to keep it afloat so cool yeah that's very true you know that's uh has been filtered out throughout the years everyone who's with it still loves it you know um i mean pretty much anyone who skates loves it right for the most part these days <laughs> let's hope because if you're hoping to get rich off of this you know you're gonna be shit out of luck so i think those people quit a long time ago yeah yeah so i mean everyone's in it doing it for the love right now and you know it's incredible to see the um sudden resurgence coming you know blading's popping back up skating's becoming a lot more socially acceptable um you know quad skating's playing a big part as far as you know helping bringing a different community together and uh, it's awesome to see, you know, skating on all fronts is growing and um, we're where we're finally at a point to where we can see it, you know, it's almost um, the boom happened so fast, it's almost hard to kind of keep up with, you know, so it's, it's a twofold, you know, it's like, it's a good and bad thing, you know, we're going so fast almost that it's hard to keep up with. So. Well, COVID doesn't help. 
no, it's a weird blessing in disguise, you know? So, but yeah, we'll take it as we can get it. So I think a big question on people's minds is going to be this. It's on my mind. So I'm assuming it's going to be on some other other people's minds is the magazine. Yeah. Are we going to go square or rectangle? Oh. Original BMAG square or the rectangle? I would love to do the, the original square. We were talking about doing more of like a like a desk, like a desktop, almost like a booklet, you know, like a book, a hard, not like hardback, but more like a um, more official. We want to make it like it's our 25th anniversary, making it more like I would say square, rectangle shape, but more of like a harder cover, make it something a little bit special looking. So um, I would love to make it a little bit more higher end than uh you know previous years but really we got we want to make as many as we can with the funds that we have so but also not cut too many corners so we're gonna we're trying to kind of weigh our options right now as far as what we want to do but i would love to have like kind of a nice desktop book dmag book would be incredible yeah that would be phenomenal that would be really cool so i'm gonna have to wait on my square magazine until the 26th year yeah where you make your still. annual now do you know why bmag switched from square to rectangle let me rephrase that since i messed it up do you know why bmag switched from square to rectangle i know the answer do you i don't you stumped me on this one because honestly i have no clue um i always like the square format but it didn't always uh lend to you know good photography either you know it's like some things look better in a full view uh but you know the original b-mags were pretty iconic as far as just the way they were shaped and all but yeah so fill me in i want to know the history so i will fill you in because back in the days of early b-mag daily bread box magazine crazy roller all the magazines they were all on the newsstands across the world Square B-Mag did not fit above the newsstand. So they had to reformat the magazine so you could see it in a newsstand Rex. That's the reason it went from square to rectangle. That makes sense. I mean, because I even had them in Hastings here in San Angelo, and I didn't ever see them. I had to kind of look for them. And I always, I was one of those like weird guys. I would like take all the blading magazines and then put them towards the front. You know, it's like, the very first things you would see, like I would block out thrashers and stuff and I would just throw some B-mags or, you know, daily breads in front of all the other stuff to kind of get people to see them. But you're right. I can kind of see how that would be, um, you know, bad for them as far as visibility, you know, within the, you know, stands. So probably smart that they did go back to a regular format. Well, that's so. going to be a suggestion from their newsstand distributor, most likely. Right. You know, well, luckily um, we don't have that problem. We're not like we're in any newsstands. We'll be sitting in pretty much in like skate shop, you know, glass cases or something. So, I mean, it's in quality. Yeah, exactly. So you can get right up on it. So yeah, it'll be cool. So I think regardless, it would be cool to do a square just to kind of be a kind of a tip our cap to our, you know, predecessors. It would be cool, but yeah, it would be awesome. So, what about a BMAG cool. video? Ah, that's another one. You know, it's like I would love to do another BMAG video. That would be 
because I actually just watched one of the old uh, BMAG videos the other day. I was thinking, you know, just had a little time where I was just feeling very nostalgic and stuff and watching a bunch of old videos and um, watching, I think it was Us Against the World. One of them, I think. And I was thinking, why the hell don't we? You know, it's like we have all this incredible content. We have all these people like reaching out to us. Like, why don't we? You know, I would love to have another BMAC video going. Um, I don't see why not. So, I mean, now it's at the point, like, I doubt we'll make like a physical DVD, but maybe we could still do like a VOD would be incredible. Uh, There's lots of skaters I would love to work with as far as getting something made. Um, Maybe even something as far as like, I know that Rejects did like an old video and uh, print combo, which I always thought was like super badass. So that'd be cool if we did like a little BMAG, you know, video DVD or something like that, or hell, even like a little uh, VOD link or thumb drive something would be cool Meh. so I yeah, when i, I interviewed chad movie. hordish he said he sold uh one of his pink videos at winter clash on thumb drives he's walking around selling those i i was one of the few that got one of those actually so yeah chad yeah good guy and well worth the the five dollars i paid for it and he even came in a cool little pink uh thumb drive too which i thought was pretty cute so yeah shout out chad great guy by the way so you had whispered jeremy Baytal earlier as one of your wishes for designing the magazine well i'm going to be interviewing jeremy this weekend for this show so i will bring it up with a good word in for me i'll put a good word in i will say i know you and uh you know we'll see what happens because jeremy is a great artist and i know he's very busy but he finally got an ipad and is doing art on the iPad much faster than he had been doing by hand. So using yeah, Procreate, but that's pretty cool. All the which will come from that. So yeah, Jeremy's one of my favorite, uh, you know, graphic designers ever. I'll, I would love to work with him and anything, you know. So yeah, if we could get him it to contribute in some way, shape, or form, I would be all down for it. Even we've talked about him doing like some of our uh, like a collaborative BMAG shirt again or something. We want to do some more soft goods and um, you know, we want to work with lots of, you know, different graphic designers, but Jeremy's always been at the top of my list. So the stuff he's done for blading um, branding, branding over the years is, you know, he's up there with Arlo as far as like, you know, iconography and all the kinds of stuff that incredible pictures and designs that he's done like i can't speak highly enough about jeremy so yeah, he's incredible. phenomenal he was one of the best i will agree with you on that and he's a great guy you know i'd like to i stop in pittsburgh a couple times a year to say hi to him um on my way back to vermont because my girlfriend's daughter lives in columbus so we drove drive through pittsburgh to go visit jeremy every time um but i want to touch on one last thing with bmag and yep. that is Skate Pro is your yep. site sponsor. Yes. Uh, that deal was worked out before you were part of BMAG. Is that correct? Or was mm-hmm. it? Start? And what I know you sell products from Skate Pro on your site. And what is their involvement actually with BMAG? 
Well, Skate Pro is um, kind of, they had purchased BMAG um, years past to kind of help it, um, as far as I know, kind of keep it running and stabilized. So their um, involvement with us is kind of, they help as far as like distribution and things like that. They help us as far as um, funding a lot of our upcoming projects that we have. You know, they give us, you know, certain funding as far as travels and as far as paying out some of the contributors that, you know, provide us content to the site. And, uh, you know, we love working with Skate Pro. You know, they're an incredible skate shop. Um, they're huge within Europe and have a huge team of skaters, um, not just in blading, but they support the culture, you know, as far as the extreme sports culture so much. Like, I can't really speak highly enough about, you know, Skate Pro's involvement and, how much they help us as far as um, contributing to some of the projects and keeping those going and um, helping us get the funds to kind of travel when we need to and to create some of the original content. So um, we're very fortunate to have, you know, Skate Pro, you know, working with us and um, having some type of, you know, financial backing is incredible because it's, you know, few and far between now as far as advertisers, you know, we're very fortunate to have the, you know, few sponsors that we have. Um, contributing for us and keeping us you know afloat you know if speaking of which if anybody wants to sponsor bmag you know feel free to you know get in contact with you know either me or michael we we gladly you know speak to you as far as um if you want to get your you know brand more widely viewed you know on the website we'd you know be more than welcome to have you so um but back to you know skate pro as far as um their help and assistance you know they have done, you know, as much as they can, as far as helping us and, you know, keeping us going and, you know, not being, uh, you know, up in our face as far as um, the way we should handle the, the website or things that, you know, they basically let us have free reign over what content we create. And um, they still, you know, see the value within BMAG, not just as keeping, you know, current content alive, but also, um, being more of like a library as far as skating because you know BMAG is you know has so much vast content as far as previous history and you know keeping that going you know blading needs to know their history and having a website like BMAG to where there's you know a vast archive of skating history in there is something that needs to be preserved so um, you know we're fortunate to have you know skate pros involvement and helping us keeping the site going and helping us stay afloat and, you know, giving us the, the essentials to keep it, you know, the, the motor going. So yeah, shout out to skate pro. So much appreciated guys. So that's rad. It's rad that they stepped in to help you guys out. Um, yeah. You guys deserve it. Are you going to, is the book going to be ad free or are you guys looking for sponsors for the book? Oh yes. Oh yes. We would love to have some sponsors and advertisers you know, involved within the, uh, the book and magazine. So if you want your, you know, your brand to, you know, be featured within the next BMAG print magazine, feel free to get in contact with me. You know, we definitely want to, you know, have as much involvement within the community as we can. And that's one of the things that we want to help as far as um, not just the upcoming skaters and the established pros, but also the, the brands that are heavily involved within skating you know, playing a part. And we want to highlight those individuals as well 
because we want them to feel like uh, you know their contributions are seen and heard and um, everyone to be able to you know get their views and you know that's another thing we're working on is showing more of like the nuts and bolts and articles like that showing upcoming um, brands that are coming up you know within the blading scene and um, so if you know you have a new brand or you have some new products you know feel free to shoot it to us and you know we'll try to highlight you as best we can we have lots of upcoming reviews we love to you know highlight and you know do more product reviews on our sites and that's things that we always want to you know highlight uh hard-working individuals within our community and um you know if you'd love to be you know showing on the site or in the print issue you know feel free to get in contact with us we'd love to see it all right you heard that go ahead support bmag if you have any advertising you want to do if you run a brand i know you guys are watching this Make sure to at least be in the book, you know, right. and support it. It's something that has to happen 25th anniversary. Support the BMAG project. Contact Kevin. His email address is in the description below. So this is going to conclude our interview. Do you have any shout outs you want to do? Uh, yeah, shout out uh, you, especially on, you know, thank you for having me on you know, the podcast, you know, I'm very honored to be a, you know, a guest on the, this incredible podcast, you know, I feel very honored, you know, you've been a pillar within the community for so many years. So thank you for, you know, wanting to get me included within this, um, you know, shout out to all the people that have helped me over the years, um, especially my wife, Brittany Little, thank you for putting up with me having a crazy life, um, being away, you know, from home at, all various days of the year um she's put up with me and she's my rock and she keeps me going so i love her um you know shout out my kids canon and isley and uh all the people that have kind of helped me over the years you know everyone on the securethane team the bmag family um you know everyone that's kind of helped me i could ramble on for years uh for all the people that have helped me um get to where i'm at i'm incredibly blessed and fortunate to be um where I'm at as far as um, helping blading and, you know, shining a spotlight, you know, with the community. And um, there's just so many people I could thank, but I just want to say thank you to everyone that's helped me in any way, shape or form over the years. It's not taken for granted. And, you know, I appreciate you. And, uh, you know, blading is a very incredible community. It's, you know, helped me persevere and kept me driven over the years. And uh, it's something that's really given me drive and um, a feeling of purpose that um, I don't know I would have gotten had it not been for skating. So it's saved my life in lots of ways. And um, a lot of it has to do with the friends and the community that I've encountered over the years. And uh, y'all are the people that are keeping me going, you know? So um, thank you, all of y'all, you know, in one way, shape or form. If I've met you over the years, thank you. And uh, that's really pretty much it you know i'm very very blessed to have you know so many friends and people in the skating community that have you know i've been in contact with and man it's just it's incredible so just knowing that i'm part of this vast network of incredible talented beautiful people um yeah i'm just very fortunate to be a part of it and yeah that's all i got that's amazing the stoke is real well, Kevin, I really appreciate you joining me on this episode of the Then and Now Blading interview series and podcast. So this series is available both on YouTube in video form, 
And I do overlay some photos and videos of relevant things to what we're discussing. And it's available as a podcast on all podcast streaming services. Just search for Then and Now Blading. You can also go to thenandnowblading.com for links to all the podcast streaming services we're on, as well as the YouTube uh, and the social media. I also have a Patreon page. If you want to support this channel, visit the support. Patreon page. Um, you'll get exclusive content, first views, different stuff, some perks. Check it out. It's in the description below. Follow me, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you very much for watching this show. Goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, and we'll see you next time at the Done and the Now interview series.